Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. For the past few years, online shoppers in India have been revelling in the huge discounts available at Amazon and its local rival Flipkart. But thanks to tough new regulations designed to protect local retailers, those discounts may soon be a thing of the past. Ursula Milton discusses the new rules with Simon Mundy, the FT's Mumbai correspondent. Simon, India's retail market was long seen as a hostile environment for foreign retailers, but IKEA, Walmart and Amazon have all invested heavily in the past few years. What was it that persuaded them to come to India? It's not hard to see why retail companies would see India as a huge potential growth market. This is a country of 1.3 billion people. It's the fastest growing major economy in the world, clocking about 6 to 8% typically in recent years. And as things stand, GDP per capita is still very low, roughly $2,000 per year. So clearly the potential for that to grow and with it for consumer spending to grow is huge. And how much have they invested so far? If we start with Amazon, India is a market that Amazon has been putting a lot of work into We remember, of course, Amazon really has given up on becoming a serious player in the Chinese e-commerce market. It was unable to compete with local players there. India is a country where it's really been investing very heavily. If we simply look at the net losses of the Amazon entities in India, they come to hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars every year. So that's the amount that Amazon has been plowing into this market. It's announced a headline investment of $5 billion, there will certainly be more than that invested under Amazon's current plans. And then Walmart, this is a huge bet that Walmart has made on Flipkart. Walmart bought a majority stake in Flipkart last year for $16 billion. That's actually the biggest takeover in global e-commerce history. So both these companies have huge bets riding on this. What sort of regulatory barriers have these big foreign retailers faced? As you say, this has been a relatively complicated place to invest for foreign retailers. And this goes back to the 1990s, when India really started dramatically reforming its economy, making it much more open to foreign investment. And there was a lot of concern when it came to the retail sector that tens of millions of small retailers would be wiped out by foreign supermarkets coming in and taking huge amounts of market share. So it was decided that there would be different rules for different sorts of foreign retail companies. And the distinction was made between single brand retail and multi-brand retail. So for single brand retail, you could think of a clothing label that runs its own shop, selling its own brand of clothing. Multi-brand would be a supermarket selling hundreds of different products with hundreds of different brands. So if we look at how this has applied to the companies you mentioned, IKEA actually is not restricted by this. It's a single brand Now, when it comes to Amazon and to Walmart investing in Flipkart, the rules were simply assumed to apply to online retail in much the same way as to offline. So it was assumed that you would not be able to set up a sort of virtual online supermarket in which you as a company sell all kinds of different products online. 
What was allowed, and this was clarified in 2016 when Amazon had in fact already invested, you are allowed to run a virtual marketplace. So you're allowed to run a platform where you link merchants with customers. This is effectively a neutral space where you yourself, as Amazon, for example, are not selling your own inventory. And this applied to Flipkart as well, because Flipkart was funded by foreign investment. And these rules apply to foreign funded companies. It's FDI rules that apply the uh, restrictions here. How have Amazon and Flipkart tried to get around the restrictions? Amazon and Flipkart both found ways to work with this. One important thing that Flipkart did first was to set up a very, very large wholesale entity, which was selling to vendors who would in turn sell on Flipkart's marketplace. This is something which Flipkart started with, and then Amazon followed suit from 2016. Suddenly, its wholesale entity in India started selling huge volumes of products to vendors And certainly much of this product was sold on Amazon's own marketplace. The scale of this was quite dramatically large. And when you consider that both Amazon and Flipkart are supposedly marketplace companies first and foremost, it's quite interesting that the scale of their wholesale entities' sales is dramatically larger in both cases than revenue for the marketplace. In the case of Flipkart, we're talking about $3 billion in the last financial year of sales for its wholesale company selling to those vendors. And in fact, the revenue earned by the marketplace entity was only $298 million. For Amazon, the revenue for the wholesale business was $1.5 billion, less than $700 million in sales for its marketplace business. Amazon did a second thing, which was to invest indirectly in a vendor which was itself selling on Amazon. So the biggest vendor on Amazon is called Cloudtail. Cloudtail had a billion dollars of sales in the last financial year. Now, Cloudtail is owned by a company called Preown. Preown is 49% owned by Amazon in a joint venture with a domestic fund which owns 51%. So this was, again, an example of how Amazon was clearly closely involved in the selling process on its own marketplace. And how have local retailers responded to the kind of things that Amazon and Flipkart have done? This caused anger among rival entities in the retail space, principally small retail groups. I've been speaking to offline sellers of mobile phones, for example. Mobile phones has been a particularly popular product category for e-commerce in India. And this is largely because discounts have been offered. Now, why have those discounts been offered? If you speak to the small retailers of mobile phones, they will tell you, look, this is because Amazon and Flipkart, using the complicated structures that I just described, have been subsidizing these discounts in order to try and wipe out the competition and put themselves, I suppose each of them is supposedly going for a monopoly position in the long run. So 
Both are accused of pursuing incredibly aggressive predatory pricing. And the allegation is that the discounts are subsidized in various ways. One way is that the wholesale company could stock the items in bulk, perhaps through exclusive deals with phone companies. And they would then sell them at low prices to sellers who can then sell them online cheaply. Also, perhaps the marketplace would give the seller various sorts of incentives, which again would enable the seller to sell at these very steep discounts. Now, Amazon and Flipkart have both been very careful to state that they have been entirely compliant with the rules. And most of their critics that I've spoken to have not actually accused them of breaking the rules. The allegation is that they've found very clever ways to act against the spirit of the rules, effectively funding discounts, which they were prohibited from doing under the FDI rules, and effectively running an inventory-led model, an inventory-led multi-brand model, exercising a lot of control over what's sold on there, and effectively acting like digital supermarkets where they control the procurement and they control what is sold on their site. Whereas under the FDI rules to protect the local businesses, they're supposed to just function like neutral marketplaces and not get involved in the sourcing and selling of products. So what action has the government now taken and how will the new legislation that comes in next month affect these practices? One of the things that the new rules stipulate is that any company that has equity investment from a marketplace or from a group company of the marketplace is not allowed to sell on that marketplace. So clearly Cloudtail, which is owned by a company that is half owned by Amazon, would not be allowed under this rule to sell on Amazon. And the second major change that was announced by the government is that companies that source more than 25% of their sales from any entity linked to the marketplace, again, cannot sell on that marketplace. So who does that tackle? That tackles these entities that are effectively functioning as middlemen between the wholesale company and the marketplace company. So if you have a company that all it does is it sources products from, let's say, Amazon's wholesale business, and it then sells them on Amazon, uh, it will not be allowed to do that anymore. It will have to get at least 75% of its sales from suppliers that have no links with Amazon. How have Amazon and Walmart reacted? And what will be the overall impact of the new rules, do you think? So this is obviously serious news for both Amazon and Walmart. And they're both lobbying quite strongly for some sort of extension. At the very least, they're hoping they can get a few more months to respond to these rules. And if that's not the case, clearly there's going to be enormous disruption to their business models. Now, that would benefit the small retail lobby who have been campaigning so strongly for a crackdown of this sort. It might be somewhat less welcome news to all the shoppers online in India who have been benefiting from all these discounts on mobile phones and many, many other items. But the proponents of this move say, look, this is in the long-term interests of the Indian consumer because 
competition will be preserved and it will ultimately make sure that they will have more value in the long run and more options for places to shop from. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But if these rules go ahead, clearly there will be a lot of hard thinking to be done at both Amazon and Walmart about the way they approach their business in India. That was Ursula Milton talking to Simon Mundy, the FT's Mumbai correspondent. We'll be back with another news feature tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com offer. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., 